Good morning. We're going to come now and open God's Word. We're going to spend some time exploring the Scriptures. So if you've got a Bible with you, uh, can I encourage you to turn to John and chapter 17. We're going to be continuing our teaching series, our Hope for Troubled Heart series that we've been working through over a number of weeks now. And just to remind you the focus of this series, we're based in the Gospel of John, specifically chapters 14 through to 17. This is at a time where Jesus is with his disciples, he's with his closest friends. And this is in the hours leading up to his arrest and his crucifixion. And he's told the disciples that he's going to be that he's going to have to leave them, that he's going to be leaving them. And they they're troubled by this. They're confused by what Jesus is saying. There's a lot here for them to process and work their way through. Uh, And in these chapters that we're looking at, what we found and what we see is that Jesus uh, speaks hope to them and he speaks comfort to them. He speaks hope to their troubled hearts. And uh, so we're going to be continuing in that today. Now, we kind of hit pause on this series over August where our Sundays were looking a little different. But Mike brought us back uh, to the series last week as we've now moved into John chapter 17. I've got a confession to make about last week. I actually got uh, distracted when during the worship time during one of the songs. Out of the corner of my eye on the sofa, I saw a pair of my daughter's pyjama trousers that were turned inside out. And I have to confess, this is the f- I'm pretty sure this is the first time I've ever been distracted by inside out pyjama trousers in church. Uh, but, you know, there's always a first time for everything. But I say I found myself distracted. I picked them up. I turned them the right, the right way around. And then I suddenly realized, I'm like, hang on a minute. I'm like, I'm worshiping here. And I've just picked up some trousers and turned them the right way around. I'm doing laundry while I'm meant to be worshiping. And uh, in that moment, I just actually felt um, just that, that, that call that actually worship is, is about, um, we can worship with, with every area of our life and with everything that we do. And that doesn't mean that we go around singing worship songs everywhere we go. What that means is that we can live our lives in such a way that honour God, uh, where we're where we're, we're worshiping Him through the way that we are and the things that we do, and when Paul was writing to the Corinthian church in one Corinthians ten, he says that whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Now, to to do something for the glory of God or to glorify God means to make much of Him. So we've got that call to make much of God in everything that we do. Now, this series is based in. The Gospel of John, one of the four Gospels, the Gospels that tell of the the life and ministry of Jesus, about his death and his resurrection, about the interactions that he had with people. And what we see through the Gospels is that we see the effect of Jesus' ministry was the glory and praise of God. What I mean by that is that as Jesus was teaching, as he was healing the sick, as he was performing miracles, uh, oftentimes what we find, actually many times we'll see that the result is that people were were praising God for what they'd seen, what they'd witnessed. They were glorifying God, the the Bible tells us. See, for Jesus, his life was dedicated to glorifying the Father, to reflecting his greatness. And that actually brings us back to to the Gospel of John and to John chapter 17. And those verses that Mike was, uh, we were exploring together last week. And John 17 is a prayer. Jesus is now praying to his father. Uh, and again, at the start last week, Jesus is praying for him for himself. And within there, again, he speaks about the glory of God. He says, actually, he, he says, God, would you glorify the son? Would you glorify me in order that you would be glorified? And he also says to the father, he says, I glorified you on earth. 
so this this kind of this theme if you like this focus this dedication to the glory of God just shines through in Jesus life so if last week if the focus of Jesus prayer was on himself we'll see that this week and next week um, Jesus prays for his disciples uh, and then he will then move on which we'll see in a couple of weeks time that he then prays for the future generations of believers all those who will follow so let's pick up from John chapter 17 and verse 6 and this is what Jesus prays for his disciples he says so the father he says I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world yours they were and you gave them to me and they have kept your word now they know that everything that you have given me is from you for I have given them the words that you gave me and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guided them and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. One of the things I just want us to bear in mind as we we kind of unpack some of this together today is that when Jesus is praying, he's not excluding the disciples. It's not like he's he's turned his back on them and, and focusing on the Father to the extent where he, he's excluding the disciples. Remember, they're, they're there. They're listening. They're hearing Jesus' prayer. And in this moment, they're hearing what Jesus is praying on their behalf. And really, what's happening is Jesus is continuing what he's, what he's been doing throughout the evening that we've seen already in those earlier chapters. He's continuing to speak hope to troubled hearts. And so the disciples, they're listening in. They're being a part. They're involved in this prayer that Jesus is praying. Now there's a lot that we could draw out of these verses and actually we're going to split this, I'm going to split this over two weeks so I'm going to be speaking next week as well Uh, and there are three main areas, uh, main focuses really, things that were drawn out as I was spending time preparing and and thinking upon these verses, there were three main areas uh, that kind of were drawn out. The first is that of security the second of protection, and the third of mission. Now we're going to look at protection and mission next week, and I want us to spend some time thinking about security this morning. Now when I'm talking about, what do I mean when I'm talking about security in this sense? Well, Jesus is, his departure is is a crisis for the disciples. You know, I think we've seen that over the last few weeks. It's kind of thrown them into some bit of turmoil, thrown them into crisis, And it's this that's prompted Jesus' prayer. This is why Jesus is praying in this way. 
But as we look at the words of Jesus' prayer and what he prays, his words speak of how secure the disciples are. Even as they're about to encounter and experience much uncertainty, some challenge and opposition, and as they're about to embark on the mission that God has called them to, I think what we see is that Jesus does speak about how secure they are and the security that they have. So next week we're going to be thinking about protection. You might think actually protection and security maybe seem quite similar and I think there probably are some similarities between the two. But for the sake of what I'm going to be speaking about this morning, what I want to focus on really when I'm thinking about security is really it's about identity. It's about who they are or rather it's about whose they are. Now one of the first things that caught my attention as I started my preparation time, uh, as I was uh, just writing down some observations as I was highlighting some things there. The, the, the first thing really that stood out to me, I don't know how else to word it, but I'm going to word it like this, is the relational dynamic that we see in Jesus' words. So we see the relationship between the Father and the Son. We saw that last week as Jesus is praying for himself. Jesus is praying to the Father. We've got God the Son praying to God the Father. It's relational. And we see that again in in this week as well and in the verses that we've just read uh, where Jesus says, as an example, Jesus says, everything that you have given me. There's something about the relationship between the father and the son. But we also see the relationship between Jesus and the disciples. For example, Jesus says, I have given them your word. So there's something about the relationship that Jesus has with the disciples, but also between the disciples and the father. Jesus says this as an example. He says, they are yours. And so we've got this relational dynamic that is going on throughout the whole of this prayer between father and son, son and disciples, father and disciples. Now, it's been a long time since I've sat any exams. But what I do remember, um, particularly in maybe maths or some of the sciences, uh, you they'll obviously ask you for the answer, but then they'll say to show you, show your work in, show us how you got there. You know, here's the outcome, but what's behind it? How did you get to that point? And in, in a similar way, what we see in, in Jesus' prayer and in Jesus' words is that the, the disciples, they're hearing the prayers that Jesus is praying for them. They're hearing his concern expressed. But at the same time, he's also expressing the the grounds on which his prayers are are built upon. He's expressing, yeah, what what the prayers are built upon. And what we see and the grounds in which Jesus is laying and what we see coming through in these words really is all about the unity of the Father and the Son. So as Jesus is praying for the disciples, his prayers for the disciples are rooted in the purposes of God. And in doing so, the very heart of God for his people is revealed, which is just amazing. And remember, the disciples are hearing this. This isn't something that's hidden from them. That's just for between Jesus and the Father. Actually, the disciples are hearing this. They're hearing about the unity of the Father and of the Son. And it's because of this that Jesus is he's really praying. What he's praying for them is all about it's coming through from the heart of God. It's all about the purposes of God. And his heart for them. You know, whatever security the disciples might have, whatever hope they might know is rooted in relationship. Last week, when Mike was sharing with us, really helpfully at the start, he said that there could be some that would 
see Jesus only as a great teacher um, just uh, and kind of dismiss that, that he is God. Mike said, actually, actually, they're ignoring the thrust of Jesus' teaching. Or it's possible for, for some to, to think that, that Jesus only offers a high moral example, that he's someone that we, we look to as to what it is to, to live right and to live well. But Jesus actually shares his purpose in this prayer right at the very start of what we looked at this morning in verse 6. He says, I have manifested your name to the people who you gave me out of the world. We thought a bit about names last week uh, in, during our time of worship. But when we're talking about the name of God and what, when Jesus is saying that he's manifested your name, when he's manifested the name of God, he's not, the name is not just a label by which we identify God, but actually is, when we talk about the name of God, it's God's revealed character and nature throughout scripture God has many names and all of them reveal something of the nature and character of God and so what Jesus is saying when he said that I've manifested your name to the people he's saying that the purpose his purpose is to make God known to reveal who he is and what he's like you might remember right at the start of this series in John chapter 14 Philip says to Jesus he says um just uh he says, Lord, show us the Father. It is enough for us. And Jesus' response is this. He says, Philip, if, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. He's making this just this wonderful claim that actually to see Jesus is to see the Father, that the Father is revealed through him. Now, Jesus has brought his disciples a whole new understanding of who God is. If we're thinking about names, one of the names for Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us and as God as Jesus dwelt among uh, among us as he dwelt among people as he taught as he performed miracles as he ate meals as he journeyed with his disciples as he spoke to great crowds in all the conversations that he had and in the private conversations that he would have had with his disciples and in the types of people that he would have been around in all of those were revealing who God is not just little glimpses here or there but Jesus revealed who the father is and as the disciples look at him and as we look at him we truly come to see the living God Jesus tells us in this prayer that as the father has been revealed through the son as the disciples have received the words that Jesus has spoken they have come to know and to know with absolute certainty that Jesus came from the Father, that it was the Father who sent him. This is part of what Jesus is praying. He's saying to the Father, they've grasped the revelation of the Father in the Son. They've seen who the Son is. They know where he's come from. They know who sent him. Again, jumping back to last week in John 17 and verse 3, Jesus Speaking about what eternal life is, he says that eternal life is, uh, is that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is about, is about knowing. But when we're talking about knowing God and knowing Jesus, it's not confined to intellectual knowledge, but living in fellowship with God, which ultimately is made possible through the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. 
This is what the disciples are hearing Jesus pray on their behalf. And this relational dynamic that we see, Father, Son and disciples all in there, the relational dynamic of his prayer, it also makes clear that the disciples have been claimed by God. He says it, he says, they are yours. They are yours, the people that you have given me, Jesus says. They are his. They are loved. And because they are his, they are utterly secure. See, to be a follower of Jesus is to be utterly and totally secure in God. In every season and in every circumstance, today, tomorrow and forever. Again, this is what the disciples were hearing Jesus praying on their behalf. This is what Jesus was praying to the Father about his very closest friends, about his disciples. Think what must it have done for them in the state that they were in, of feeling uncertain and afraid and confused, just to hear Jesus speaking this out. This is what the disciples in their moment of crisis were hearing Jesus pray to the Father. But not only that, Jesus makes this wonderful declaration that those who are the fathers are his and that he is glorified in them. We're coming back to to glory again, just as where we started thinking about, about making much of him. So Jesus is saying that actually uh, through his disciples that he that Jesus is glorified in them, that he is made much of, that his uh, that his greatness is is reflected through the disciples. See, as the Father is glorified in the Son, so the Son is glorified in those who are his. We bring glory to Jesus as we trust in him as our Saviour. We bring glory to Jesus as we confess him as Lord. In our joyful obedience, in our faith, in our service. Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. As we do that, Jesus is glorified in those who are his. Bruce Milne, in his commentary uh, on the Gospel of John, speaking about that statement that Jesus makes about how he is glorified in in his in his disciples, Bruce Milne says this. He says that there can be uh, there can be there can be few more encouraging statements in the New Testament than that. Next week we're going to think more on protection and on the mission side of things. Again, there's a lot to to draw out from here. But it's been a privilege this morning to as it were, to listen in to what, as Jesus prayed for his disciples in the upper room. But as we've been listening this morning, as as we've been thinking about this morning, I want to say this to you, that in this very moment, Jesus is interceding for his church before the Father. Just as Jesus was interceding for his disciples in that upper room, just as they knew of the security that they had in him be assured that in this very moment jesus is interceding for his church before the father be assured that those who are his 
are his. That we're secure, that we're safe. Whatever life throws our way, whatever comes our direction, whatever season we're in, whatever circumstance we face, we do so knowing that we are secure in him because we are known by him and because we know him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to uh, declare that you are King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You are worthy of honour and praise. And Lord, we want to thank you that in Jesus you have made yourself known and that in Jesus you have made a way that we can enter into fellowship with you. That is eternal life, to know the Father, to know Jesus Christ, whom he sent. And so we want to thank you for that. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that those who are yours are secure, that they are utterly and totally secure. Thank you that you've called a people for yourself. Thank you that you've called us to be a part of that people and that we too know that we are safe and secure in you. Lord, I pray that you would help us in every moment, in every area of our lives, to be those who do all for your glory, that our lives would just be lives that would reflect your greatness, that would be lives that would bring honour to you. And we say, Holy Spirit, would you help us in that? Help us to bring glory to the Father and to the Son. We ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's been wonderful to have you join us. Don't forget, in just a moment, half 11, we're going to be on Zoom for a time of encouragement, a time of prayer. Would really love to, to see you there. It'd be great to hear what God is speaking to you about this morning. So I hope to see you there. But otherwise, I hope you have a great week. Um, we'd always love to, to hear from you. So please um, don't hesitate to get in touch if we can serve you or, or bless you in, in any way. Take care, everyone. Goodbye.